believe that mercy walked in last night and spoke to hearts. Amen. Revealed itself to us in a wonderful way. This morning, I want to just kind of go over just a couple of little things with you um, before the minister comes. And uh, we're going to share just a couple of things. I, I want to uh, help you with your approach to God because we want to approach him with all our heart, with all our soul. When you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Man, if you if you can help me with the scriptures here for so that we can all share this together. But I want to look at Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12 and we're just going to talk about some things just for a few moments um, before we have the minister to speak. But he said, sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, that unused uh, ground that hadn't been tilled, things that you hadn't given to God, because he, if we're going to come to God and we want to receive something from him, we're going to have to surrender our all. So break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. This is a this is very important. While we're here, we are set aside these days, these moments, these times, these hours to seek the Lord. And seek the Lord till he come. Notice how we do it. We seek him till he comes to us. And rain righteousness upon you. So this is the whole purpose and the goal of our seeking God is till he comes and rains upon us, gives us those blessings and, and uh, those things that we're asking of God. You're seeking the Holy Ghost. This is very important that you seek him with your whole heart. Break up your fallow ground. Acts 17 verse 27 tells us that they should seek the Lord if haply they might, might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So God did this so we would seek for him, perhaps reach out to, for him and find him, because he's not far from any one of us. So that's one thing we want to think about when we're seeking the Lord. He's not far from us. He's right there waiting for you to call on him, and he'll come to you the moment that you'll seek him with your whole heart. Now, we also want to look at Isaiah 55 and 6. He says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. And again, when we come together like this as believers, he draws near. It's the time to seek the Lord. You can let everything else go and say, I'm here for that one purpose. That's, that's to seek the Lord. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, putting all thoughts and wickedness aside, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This is a God who wants to give forgiveness. He don't want to damn anybody. He wants to bring forgiveness and grace and mercy and pardon. Psalms 34 and verse 11. Come ye children. Hearken unto me, and I will teach you how to reverence the Lord or how to fear the Lord. What, is man, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. In other words, be honest. This is a very time to, a time to be really, really honest with God. 
Depart from evil, do good, seek peace, pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. Here's the whole thing. When we're coming and approaching God, we've got to realize he's hearing what we're saying. Amen. He is there attending to our cry. And he says, he heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh or near them that are of a broken heart and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Now, here's a very key thing. When we come to God, we know that the eternal prescription is repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you're a candidate then to receive the Holy Ghost. But it comes with a thorough repentance, a turning from your sins, a contrite spirit. Let's go over this again. The Lord is nigh them that are of a broken heart. There has to be a brokenness and a remorse for sin and a turning to God and then have a contrite heart, be repentant. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Then quickly to Psalms 18 and verse 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from mine enemies. Notice it takes us calling upon him. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. In other words, make glad the soul of thy servant. For unto thee, O Lord, I do lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto them, unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day of trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Notice how real positive this is as, as uh, David is, is talking about approaching God. A, pos- a positive confession. It is for me. It is my promise. God will hear me. He is near to me. And he will answer when I call upon him. So this is how we seek the Lord. We seek him with a very positive outlook that He is that we're going to receive that which we have asked of him. Again, in receiving it, Psalms 116 verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation. Notice this is very important. It is you taking what God has said. I accept it, Lord. The Holy Ghost is for me. Forgiveness is mine. Everything that you promised in your word, if it's healing I'm seeking, it is mine. So I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him and to all, and to all that call upon him in truth. To those again that are honest in heart, you become honest with God. And, you know, we're not playing games. We're deadly sincere. We're approaching him with all of our heart. Then the Lord is nigh to them that call upon him. Then Psalms 91 and verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the line. Now, this is your promise. Satan, you lose. Because I'm going to tread upon the lion, the adder, that's the snake, the serpent. And the young lion and the dragon shalt thou tread. I trample under your feet. I want you to name your enemy and realize I'm going to conquer this. 
God promised there would be overcomers in this age, and I'm one of them that's going to overcome. So whether it's lust, pornography, sex sins, uh, drunkenness, alcohol, wrong thoughts, evil, evil uh, communication, whatever it is, I'm going to triumph over this. I am not leaving this camp without victory in my life because I am going to draw nigh to God while the hour is, uh, is made available to me. He said, because he has set his love upon me. This is the reason I'm going to conquer. He has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So this is God's promise to you. Now I want to go to Romans chapter 10. Verse 12, there's no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. So the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call upon him. Notice the theme of this, call him. You need to be calling him to your seat. You need to be calling him upon his name and saying, Lord, I need you. Come to my seat. Come to my place. Come and meet me right here where I am. And because you'll richly bless all who call upon him. For this is very key scripture here. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. So when we come, when we come to God, we want to open our mouth. We want to call him upon him with an honest heart and ready to serve him, surrendering everything. And then God will come. He will, he will come to those that call upon him. Let me just share with you just a little quotation, and then we're going to be, we're going to be through, and we'll be having Brother Andrew Glover to minister this morning. But Brother Branham talks about a provided way. And he even tells this before the seals and after the seals. And I just want to share with you what he said God's provided way when we seek the Lord. And he said that, he said, they know no better way for a baby to get what he wants than to cry for it. Dr. Bosworth used to say the baby that cries the loudest gets the best service. And he said that goes for God's children. I could parallel that for you. A man get up and say, chewing is chewing gum. Real well, you know, Father, I'm here tonight. If you want to give me the Holy Ghost, all right. You know, I'm here. But if you want to heal me, I'm sitting here. But if you don't, well, it's all right. It's your will, Lord. Now, Brother Brandon said he's done root his will right out here in the Bible. This is your will. All right, that's his will right here. So God's will is to save you. God's will is to heal you. God's will is to deliver you. Amen. But it's all coming and approaching God with the right attitude. Takes a sincere heart, a contrite heart, a broken spirit, an honest heart, seeking him with everything within you, holding nothing back, being real honest with God. Amen. That's how to bring him to you. And then Brother Brandon goes on telling about this attitude. And if you want me to have it, well, I'll have it. But nevertheless, if you don't, well, it's all right. He said, you'll never get nowhere. Amen. 
He said, let me, he said, but let that one get out there and cry like Buddy Robinson. He stopped out in the middle of the cornfield. He tied up his mule and said, Lord, if you don't give me the Holy Ghost, when you come back, you'll find a pile of bones laying right here. I'm going to stay here till I get it. That's business. He said, God always recommends this to his people, his believing children, to go always go his provided way. That's God's idea to be recommended to his children, his provided way. Cry for what you have need of. He wants you to cry out. When Peter started walking on the water, he thought, he's getting along all right. See how big I'm doing? He started sinking. He didn't say, well, I guess I failed. He said, and went on down the bottom, a few bubbles come up, and that was all of it. No, no, he cried out, Lord, save me. Amen. And, and he said, he, the eternal hand reached down and picked him up again. So, you know, if, you, if you're backslidden and you're falling down and, and you're, you're in a despondent situation, don't just go down, bubble, bubble, bubble. Cry out to the Lord. And that eternal hand will reach right out to where you're at. This is very important that as you approach God, you approach Him with all sincerity and desperation. I've got to have you or perish. Amen. He said, that's a matter. Well, what's the matter with the church? We don't stay there long enough. We don't cry long enough. We don't hold on to it. If a little baby wants something, he'll kick and scream and turn red in his face. We're afraid he'll take the mascara off your face or whatever it is or the paint. You know, you get what you, you want from God. You'll take it off anyhow. So you don't want to worry about it. You'll mess up your hair, but that don't make any difference. God didn't expect us to come to him with an intellectual speech. I remember when I tried that, when I tried to get saved, I went to write him a letter and put it in the woods. Because I knew he'd come to the woods and he'd tell me. And I'd tell him I was ashamed of myself. I didn't want to do it. I got down there and had to pray. And I said, now let's see. I seen a picture one time that held her hands like this. Mr. Jesus, I I wish you you would just come here for a minute. Oh, I'll talk to you just a minute. I'm listening. Nobody. I did it wrong. Well, all right, Mr. Jesus, maybe I'm supposed to, to, to do it like this. Mr. Jesus, would you come help me? I'm a sinner. I want to talk to you a minute. Nobody came. I folded my arms. Mr. Jesus, will you come here? I want, and I heard people say, God, talk to me. And I said, uh, Mr. Jesus, would you come here? I want to speak to you. And he said, of course, the devil come on the scene. Just remember that when you're even down at the altar, the devil's going to come to you. Amen. He said, that's what he does. He might say, your knees are hurting. No need of asking. You'll get it tomorrow night. He's already always around when you're not ready. And then he said to me, but, but, but notice he said, now Satan said to me, but he said, always take advantage of what he says. Take advantage of it. He said to me, you know what? You're already 19, 20 years old, and you've waited too long. And I, I said, now, Brother Branham takes advantage of what the devil says. He begins to cry out, oh, God, I've waited too long, Lord, and you don't hear me. I'm going to tell you anyhow. I've always wanted to do this. Oh, brother, that brought him on the scene. See what it was. I cried out, just simple cry out, Lord Jesus, you promised it. And he came on the scene. And that's the way to bring him on the scene is to cry out for it. Amen. 
Now, let me just go quickly. Cry for your needs. That, that's God's provided way. Jesus, didn't Jesus explain it with the unjust judge to the woman that cried day and night? Uh, how much more would the heavenly Father give them the spirit who cry out for it day and night? Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And just keep on till it opens. Stay right with it. Cry until the promised word is vindicated. Then you got it. He said, cry until you get it. Now, that's how you approach the Lord. As you come to him today, I want you to look and say, Lord, if there's any insincerity in my heart, I want to give my all in everything to you. I want all that insincerity gone. I want to be real honest with you. I want to serve you. I don't want to serve you just so I look good to a girl or look good to a future father-in-law or, or to, so that I'll be blessed in life. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to be yours now and forever. You come to God with that attitude. God will meet you. His word is a promise to you. God wants to give you the Holy Ghost more than you want to receive it. And I'll tell you what, if you'll just begin to reach out to him, God will reach back to you. Let's stand together as we receive the word today. I want you to really receive it with really dedication in your heart as you just look to the Lord. I want you to, we're going to sing the song, Fill My Cup, Lord. I lift it up. And I want you just to go to God right now. In this moment, I want you just to dedicate yourself to him. Fill my cup, Lord. Play that, please. Amen. Here's my cup. Would you just say to him, Lord, take the insincerity out of my life. Today, Lord, I want to be real honest with you. I got to have you, Jesus. I can't make it without you. I got situations in my life I don't know how to overcome or rise above. There's something in my heart that tells me I need more of you. How do I get more? Just to begin to cry upon him while he's near. Call upon his name. Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you come around the altar to pray, open your mouth to him. Cry out to him. Call him to where you are. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come to me. Fill my cup. We've asked ministry to come. We have a young man, Brother Andrew Glover. He gave his heart to the Lord right here at this camp. was filled with the Holy Ghost. It was there then when he received it. It's here for you to receive in this camp today. God wants to fill us with his spirit. Invite him to, your, to where you are. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it. I'm going to be real honest with you. I need you. I'm willing to surrender everything. Just come. Come and quench. Just thirst it. That's in my soul. Come on now, bread of heaven. Feed me. Oh, my.
morning. I'm so thankful to know that he never sends anyone away empty except those who come full of themselves. If we come this morning full of our ideas and our motives and our objectives, we'll never get anything from the Lord. But as Brother Tim said, if we come with the right approach this morning, if we can throw all of our ideas and our ways and our motives and our objectives aside and say, Lord, you come and fill me today. I believe he's here this morning, don't you? I wonder this morning if we could just bow our heads together as they play that softly. Maybe you have something special up on your heart this morning you want the Lord to do for you. Won't you just put it before him right now? He's more than able to do it. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, dear God. And Lord, as young people, we gather here, Lord, once again. Father, for this youth camp, Lord, when the world is taken this weekend, Father, as a vacation, Lord, or as just another holiday. But, oh God, we gather here on Easter weekend, Lord. Father, we don't gather here to honor a man. We don't gather here to honor an idea. But, Lord, we come this morning to honor the resurrected Lord Jesus. And, Lord, your word told us that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, as we stand here this morning, dear God, we don't come, Lord, to be seen or to be heard.
But, oh, God, we come to worship you, Lord, and we come to open up our hearts to you. And, Father, I know there's many needs in this building this morning, Lord. But, Lord, as our brother has shared with us on how to approach you, Lord, there's one thing we know, that divine approach produces divine results. Father, I pray this morning you would come in this building in a special way. Lord, I pray that you would fill every empty vessel with the Holy Ghost and fire. Lord, if there would be one bound here today, God, I pray you would set them free. Lord, the sick that would be among us, Lord, we still believe you're a healer. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ you would heal them, Lord. Father, I pray every enemy that would try to hinder this meeting in any way, Lord, may you drive it out of this building, Lord. Lord, may you drive the devil off of this campground, Lord. Father, may the Shekinah glory fill this building this morning, I pray. Lord, surrender. May our hearts be surrendered unto you this morning. Take away the thought of human ability, Lord, we ask. In the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers said, amen. God bless you this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll invite you in the scriptures to the book of Genesis, chapter number 17. While you're turning there, we want to greet you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many is glad to be at camp once again? Amen. Amen. It's certainly good to be here and certainly want to thank Brother Tim and the church for the opportunity and privilege to come once again and to speak to you. And uh, it's it's a real special uh, privilege and opportunity to be here. It was special last year to be here with Brother uh, Danny. As Brother Tim mentioned last night, we received the Holy Ghost under uh, Brother Danny's preaching here at the camp. And uh, I tell you, there's something about camps that's just real special. Can you say amen? I thank the Lord this time. We're honored to be able to speak with my first pastor, Brother Donnie Reagan. Sure enjoyed that message last night. And wasn't that a masterpiece? Amen. I'm so glad that mercy walked in. And we just thank the Lord for his many blessings upon our lives and the desire to be a Christian. Amen. Certainly glad to have my wife here. I don't know where she's at this morning, but I'd have everybody sit down and her stand up. But I enjoy life too much. So, (laughs) Amen. So. God bless you. Glad to have her with me. And my little cousin, uh, he's not little, Riley, uh, is here. It's his first year at camp. Where's he at? I don't know. Raise your hand. He's around here somewhere. There he is. God bless you, buddy. Glad to have him. It's his first year at camp. I, I tell you, this camp is special to me. It's really special to me. I thank the Lord for this meeting. Let's just look here in the book of Genesis, chapter number 17. We just asked the Lord to do something special for us this morning. Verse number one, the Bible says, And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Notice this, and Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, notice Abraham's approach. He fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Also, I'd like to read verse number 15, just on the other side of the page there. The Bible says, and God said unto Abraham, now something here has changed. His name has changed. And God said unto Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. 
Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Notice verse 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. We thank the Lord this morning for the reading of his word as you may be seated. You love the Lord this morning. Amen. I want to, by the help of the Lord, to speak to you here for just a, a few moments upon this thought. If I would title it, I would like to speak to you on he is still able to perform that which he has spoken. He is still able to perform that which he has spoken. Notice it's not what I've spoken or what Brother Tim has spoken, what Brother Donnie has spoken, but what the Lord has spoken. He is still more than able to perform that. And I think this uh, morning, if we could just open up our hearts and uh, maybe just all come together in one mind and one accord. I, I heard something Brother Tim said last night, and it really struck my heart. He said, we're desiring an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We are desiring an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I wonder this morning, how many would say that's your desire? Not just Brother Tim's desire, the church's desire, the preacher's desire, but Lord, that is my desire. I want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And in a message, Mary's belief, Brother says, you know, it's usually when we're thinking about God and keeping our minds on God, that God comes close to us. He said, I think that's one of the greatest troubles of the people of this day is we have too many other things on our mind. Now notice, even when we come to a healing, service, we seem to think, well, I did not get a prayer card or perhaps I'll not be prayed for. He said, we'll never be able to accomplish much as long as we keep those kind of thoughts. Now we understand that our thought life is a very important thing. Amen. What you, what you think is what you're going to become. Now I'm not here to preach mind over matter, but I do believe our thoughts are very important this morning. If you come in here this morning thinking you're going to leave defeated, then more than likely you're going to leave defeated. If you come here thinking that you're you're not going to get the Holy Ghost and more than likely you're going to leave without the Holy Ghost. But if you come here this morning, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, amen, that the God that made the promise is still able to keep the promise that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And dismiss every negative thought from your mind. And brother Emma said, that's what this Angeles temple is thirsting for. Now we're not in California this morning. We're here in Louisiana. Amen. But the same God that was back there in those meetings is the same God that is here this morning and we're thirsting for an outbreak of the Holy Spirit. Not all that or, or not a bunch of emotion, not a bunch of sensation, but we're desiring a real outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He said the whole United States, speaking of the Christian realm, is waiting for a revival in our time. Now we've not come here this morning, amen, to talk about a revival of yesterday. We've not come here, amen, to talk about what God used to do, but we've come here this morning, amen, to present a living God, not a God of history, amen, not a God of 50 years ago, not even a God of 20 years ago, amen, but a living God who is still here this morning and he's not desiring, amen, to raise up wood. He's not desiring to raise up stone. He's not desiring, amen, to raise up, amen, amen, things that are not made to serve him. He's desiring to raise up young people this morning and not fill them with a bunch of creeds and fill them with a bunch of cliches and fill them with a bunch of dogmas, but he wants to fill them with the Holy Ghost this morning. Amen, brother, I said we're waiting for something to happen and I do 
believe that God has let it happen. We're just so pushing. He said, pushing it here, pushing it there. He said, but until we, until the time of grace will pass over us, he said, don't let that happen. Let's be positive in our thinking. How many right now will say, I'm going to start thinking positive. Amen. Let's be positive in our thinking. Let's believe that this right now, that this revival will break out in this temple tonight. Let's believe that this is the night that God, amen, will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could do or think he will do it tonight. And I love this next sentence. And don't take no for an answer. Amen. Don't take no for an answer. Church, I'm just going to preach this morning. I didn't come to take no for an answer. Amen. If the devil, if I say I want a revival and the devil says no, I'm not taking that answer. If I say I want the Holy Ghost and the devil says no, you can't have it. I'm not taking that answer this morning. I didn't come to take no for an answer because my God is not the God. Amen. That we have to bow down and take the devil's no. But my God is the God that stepped out on nothing and created everything. My God is the God that can stop the storm. My God is the God that can put eyeballs, amen, inside of a head that don't even have eyeballs. Church, there is no limits on our God. There is no limits on this meeting. There is no limits on the Holy Ghost this morning. You don't have to take no for an answer. I'll tell you this morning, prophecy is a very powerful thing. Can you say amen? I don't believe we've come here this morning just because it's a meeting. I believe we've come here by the force of prophecy. And I believe that prophecy is a force that cannot be stopped. Do you realize this morning that you are a prophecy? Amen. Do you realize this morning that the prophet of God said, I'm just laying a foundation. Stay with me. He said a long time ago, he said, Satan, you got the first Eve. He said she fell by reasoning. She fell by, amen, by not by disbelieving the word. He said, but there's coming a bride upon the earth. He said, then she's not going to be like that first Eve. He said, she's going to be a second Eve and she's going to be married to a second Adam. And he said, she's not going to be sown with any kind of seed. Amen. But she's going to be sown with that word seed, my church. And I love what the devil said or what brother Bram says to the devil. He tries his best to give him a warning. Satan, be careful. He's warning the devil that there's a church coming up on the earth that you're not going to be able to deceive. You're not going to be able to bind them. You're not going to be able to stop them. You're not going to be able to shut them up. There's a bride coming on the earth and that bride is going to be an invincible army. And I've come to tell you this morning that bride is not coming. That bride is here this morning. And it's not just a 50-year-old bride. It's not just a 60-year-old bride. But it's a 15-year-old boy full of the Holy Ghost. It's a 15-year-old girl full of the Holy Ghost not living in sin, but living in righteousness, living in holiness, living in the power of Almighty God. Church, this bride is not coming. She's here this morning. The new generation is not coming. The new generation is here this morning that I say what devil can stop us? What spirit can bind the Holy Ghost from filling this meeting this weekend? Can you say amen? Amen. There was a prophecy given in the book of Joel chapter 2. I will pour out my spirit, amen, upon all flesh and your sons. Thank you, brother. Michael. I remembered his name this year. And it shall come to pass afterward, amen, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And I also, amen, upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days, amen, will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Now notice what he's telling them. It's a prophecy that I'm going to do something. I'm going to pour out my spirit. 
it. Amen. Do you realize what an outpouring is? It's a sudden rapid flow of something. It's a sudden rapid flow of something. It's something that all of a sudden when you least expect it. Amen. When you don't think it's going to happen, all of a sudden the windows of heaven open up and a constant flow starts flowing down. Church, I'll tell you what, I didn't come from emotion this weekend. I didn't come to get rallied up. I come for an old-fashioned outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire, the same God, amen, that filled the upper room. It's the same God, I believe, that's going to fill this camp meeting this weekend. Brother, you know what an outpouring is? It is a sudden burst. And the, and the, and the definition, that means when that rapid flow begins to come, then it begins to burst out in strong emotion. Now, I know some people thought, well, he didn't come from emotion or for emotion, so he must not believe in emotion. No, I believe in emotion. I believe anything, amen, that don't have emotion is dead. Amen. Anything without emotion is dead. Now watch. He said, we've got two. I, I love this quote. we got two more great nights, Friday and Saturday. We're expecting the Lord to do great things in these nights. And we just don't know what lays ahead yet tonight. I like that. Because you can be expecting just anything to happen. We don't know just what time that God might come in here and just give us another Pentecost. Amen. I'll tell you what. I love that. That at any minute, he'll come right in this building and give us another Pentecost. That was not Brother Tim's words. I want another Pentecost. That was not a preacher's words. That was the words of a vindicated word prophet that said there would be another Pentecost. Brother, there's not another generation coming. There's not another church age coming. This is the final age. We've got the final message. We've heard the final voice. You are the generation that's going to fulfill that quote. This is the other Pentecost. This is the other church. This is the young people. Amen. That's going to rise in the power of Pentecost. I love this. He said, oh, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need a Pentecost. He said, and I would be so happy to be right in it with you just to enjoy the fellowship and the freshness of the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, our lands really need it. Can you say amen? Our homes need the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our young people need the Holy Ghost. Our churches need the Holy Ghost. Our preachers need the Holy Ghost. Our musicians need the Holy Ghost. Everybody under the sound of my voice today needs the Holy Ghost. But here's the glorious thing about it. We just don't need it. It's here this morning. We can have the Holy Ghost. We can be so filled with God's life on the inside of us until it will do exactly what the Word said it would do. Amen. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Don't get nervous. I'm not preaching on money. But bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith. I love this and prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough amen for you to receive you realize what God is telling them God is telling them I just want you to prove me I just want you to take me at my word. I just want you to obey what the word has said. That's all I want you to do. And when you've obeyed it, and when you've met God's requirements, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You have not room enough to receive. Amen. In a message we call Believest Thou This. Amen. When faith from an honest heart meets God. He said then them cogs just come together like that. And something has to take place. And I challenge 
challenge this audience tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your faith connect with God like that. And in a few minutes, in a few minutes, not 50 years, not two meetings away, but in a few minutes, we'll have another Pentecost. There'll be such a revival breakout in this town that there wouldn't be enough cops, amen, in the country to keep that revival down. That's right. There will be a real revival. How many can say this morning, Lord, I believe you spoke it. Therefore, I believe you're able to perform it. In the book of Kings, Elijah had met God's requirements. Therefore, when he went up on top of the mountain, knowing that God had spoken the word, he went up on top of the mountain. And when he got up there, he was not calling up on God from an uncertain sound. Can you say amen? But he was calling up on God, amen, from a certain sound, for he was certain of the God he was serving. How many this morning is certain of the God you're serving? Elijah didn't go up there and say, now now bring all the Baal's prophets and I'll come up here and I don't know what God will do, but Elijah went up there knowing, amen, that God is more than able, amen, to come down upon this altar and consume this sacrifice. Church, I don't know what the devil's told you this weekend. The devil may have told you that there's no way God can come to you. The devil may have wrapped your mind with negative thoughts and may have bound you with suicidal spirits and, and tried to hold your joy down. But can I tell you this morning that the same God, amen, that destroyed Baal and those prophets up on the mountain is the same God in Dry Creek, Louisiana this morning that will destroy every false God. He will destroy every false idol. He will destroy every man-made creed. He will destroy every complex. He will destroy every insecurity. He will destroy every fear. He will destroy every blessed. He will destroy every pornography spirit. Oh, church, I'm not talking about a God of history. I'm talking about a living God this morning who is more than able, amen, to do exceedingly and abundantly. Brother, you say, how is this going to happen? Because I feel the pressure of the Holy Ghost coming down in this building. I feel the witness of heaven are fixing to break out this weekend, and there ain't no critical spirit going to bind this revival, and there ain't no demon going to bind this revival. This is another Pentecost. Oh, church, we've had critics, we've had unbelievers, we've had scoffers, we've had make-believers, but there is a real God, and there is a real Holy Ghost, and there is a real desire on the heart of every believer this morning. Church, there will be another Pentecost. Just go ahead and shake somebody's hand and tell them there's going to be another Pentecost. <laughs> Brother Tim, there's going to be another Pentecost. Some of y'all still looking at me. There's going to be another Pentecost. If you don't believe it, move over and give me some room. Because I believe there's going to be another Pentecost. Amen. If you don't like worship, you might as well find another place to sit. Because I believe there's going to be another Pentecost. If you don't like shouting, you better get out of my way. Because I believe there's going to be another Pentecost. If you don't like the Holy Ghost changing lives, you're at the wrong camp meeting. Because I believe with everything that's on the inside of me this morning, there is going to be another Pentecost. And I say, Satan, you couldn't stop it last night. You won't stop it this morning. You won't stop it tonight. You won't stop it tomorrow morning. The Holy Ghost is going to break free in this building until every young person is set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. This is not, amen, this is not a show. This is not a performance. This is a reality. Can you say amen? But Proverbs of God said Satan has got in this day and he's tried his best. You realize what Satan's done? He's come here before you even got here. 
Satan come here before you ever even got here. He come in and he spied out the land. He come in and spied out how to do things. The same thing he did with Eve, he's tried to do with you. He says, now here's what I'll do. I'll go down there. Amen. And I'll make it a real heavy atmosphere. I'll make it a real, a real cold atmosphere. I'll tell them that there's people in this message that don't believe in worshiping no more. I'll tell them there's people in this message that don't believe in dancing in the spirit anymore. I'll tell them that they're too young to get the Holy Ghost. See, the devil has got tactics. Amen. But the problem is, is he don't realize that there is a God here that is more than able to defeat his tactic. You, you would think by now, amen, 32 years of this camp, you would think by now that the devil knows every year, every year he gets a black eye. Every night, every morning, every altar call, every prayer line, amen, every song that's sung, every young person that's set free, the devil gets a black eye. You would think by now he would give up, but you know what? He ain't going to give up. So I want to tell him something else, and neither are we. Amen. If he ain't going to give up, then we're not going to give up. You say, well, Brother Andrew, I come to first service last night and I didn't get anything. Keep on pressing. Amen. I come this morning and I don't feel like I'm going to get anything. Just keep on pressing. Amen. The same God. Amen. That saved me and give me the Holy Ghost is the same God in this building to do the same thing for you. You say, Brother Andrew, how can you say that? Because I believe that this message has exposed every one of Satan's tactics. I believe that the devil knows that he can try to use reasoning on us, but we're just crazy enough, amen, to believe God's word. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just crazy enough to believe this message is enough. Now, I know that may not be popular, but I'm just going to preach. We're just crazy enough to believe William Branham was a prophet. We're just crazy enough to believe that the same pillar of fire that led Moses and the same pillar of fire that led Paul has returned in this generation, amen, to lead you as a young person. Brother, the devil's reasoning is not going to work here this morning. No, sir. It takes the word to defeat the enemy. I'll tell you why the devil hates this camp. It's because I know some people probably think, well, they just go down there and all them kids get stimulated. And, man, they get to playing that music and preachers get to running around like a crazy person. And, oh, they just get all stimulated. No. Amen. Have you ever noticed the word is here? And the prophet of God said it'll take the word to defeat the enemy. Now, let me tell you something. The devil does not want the mechanics and the dynamics to come together this weekend. The devil does not want that. The devil either either wants you to get so mechanical that you can finish the quote before Brother Don even starts it. Or he wants you to get so dynamic that you forget the word altogether. But you know what's going to bring forth a produce, a overcoming life in Laodicea is when the word and the spirit comes together and a uniting is made between the word and the spirit. You say, Brother Andrew, there's no way that can happen. Oh, yes, it can. I'm a witness. Right there's a witness. Back there's a witness that the word and the spirit can come together and can produce victory. I think of how Brother Bram said as a young man, he said, I went to a meeting one night. He said, Dr. Davis was preaching and he said I was supposed to preach amen that next meeting brother uh, Dr. Um, uh, Roy Davis he said he was preaching he said I was supposed to preach the next meeting he said while he was up there preaching he said all of a sudden I began to forget all that he was saying and he said I just begin to think man if I can just get my arm just right and if I can just raise my voice to the right pitch he said then that'll be a good service he said I got all the emotions down just right he said I got up there that next morning and he said I knew just when to swing my arm 
arm across the crowd. I knew just when to raise my voice. He said, I got done and walked down and sat down. I said, man, that was a good one, wasn't it? Brother Davis said, Brother Branham, that was the most rotten mess I've ever heard. He said, what do you mean? He crushed me. He said, he crushed me. He said, he wanted to see me in his office the next morning. He said, so I went down to his office. I said, Dr. Davis, you hurt my feelings. He said, I knew I did. He said, but I told you that because I was a lawyer one time. And he said, I was in a court case. And he said, while I was in that court case, he said, there was a lawyer got up and said, he stood there for, I think, half an hour, an hour, just boo-hooing and crying and boo-hooing. And oh, I'll tell you what, oh, I'll tell you what, she was a terrible wife and he wasn't a good husband. said, they were just boohooing back and forth. He said, finally, somebody stood up and they said, when are you going to stop this nonsense? Said, it's going to take more than your emotions to defeat the devil. Or it's going to take more than emotions to defeat this case. It's going to take some law. It's going to take some law. And a prophet turned that and he said, now watch, it's going to take more than just our emotions to defeat the devil. It's going to take the word, amen, in power and in demonstration to defeat the devil. No wonder the devil wants us just to shut up and sit around a tape player and push play because the devil can't control that tape. Well, I come to tell you this morning, I'm not bought or sold by the devil. I've been called by Almighty God and I'm not going to spare the devil one minute. I'm going to open up my mouth. I'm going to surrender my members. What about you? This ain't just about the pulpit. This just ain't about the platform. There is power in those pews this morning. You are instruments that God wants to come down and fill your life with not just emotions, but with the word. See, I think of what David said there, amen, in Psalms chapter 40, verse 17. He said, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me, and thou art my help, and thou art my deliverer. Make no tarrying, oh my God. Remember, said Jesus cared enough for the message of today to bring these same things to pass as he spoke. See, till he died and rose again to, to send them by the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Now notice, to show his ministry today that he's still alive. Amen. Now watch, and that he cares for you. That's why God has ordained these meetings is to show you once again, young man, that he cares for you. He's ordained these meetings, young sister, to show you one more time, amen, that he cares for you. He said, and he cares. He said, now, if he cares, then why won't we care? That's the same thing. We won't care. Now, by your actions, you identify whether you care or not. By your attitude, you identify. Oh, it got quiet there. <laughs> By your attitude, you identify whether you care or not. See, and the prophet of God said, see, he died for this ministry. Now, let's not just leave this a, a thousand miles away. Let's just not leave this out in some Christian realm in the world. Let's bring it right here to the message of the hour. He died for this ministry. He died in order that the Holy Spirit could be here in this day to show these things. Do you realize when Jesus hung on the cross some 2,000 years ago, he died having this meeting this morning in mind. 2,000 years ago when he suffered 39 stripes upon his back, he died with this meeting in mind. Brother, he died knowing that there was going to be a young person in the last days that was going to need something to hold on to. When the world was clinging to psychology, they were clinging to psychiatrics, they were clinging to science. He said, I will die that I may raise up an inside and a young person can reach up and get a hold of it. 
See, he died in order that we could be here today. He cared for you. He cared to bring it here. He cared to make the statement. He cared because he loved you. You believe he loves you? He cared for you because he loved you. He cared enough. He said he cared to send the Holy Spirit to this, to make this ministry today. Now watch. That's how he proved he cared in that day because he come to vindicate what God said would be. That's the reason the woman recognized him. She said, I know when Messiah cometh, he is a prophet. He will tell us these things. See, he cared enough about the word of God to vindicate it to her. See, he cared enough for her that though she was a prostitute, though she had a terrible testimony, though she had a bad reputation, God cared enough for her, amen, that he would vindicate his word, that she would not just be living by any kind of word, but she would be living by vindicated word. Oh, young people, can we not open up our eyes this morning and see how blessed we are? We're not living by just any kind of sermon. We're not living by just any kind of message. We're living by a message that has been vindicated time after time after time again to think this morning, church, that he sent the Holy Ghost, that in this day of intellectual conception, that he might by the same Holy Spirit prove to us that he's still the Messiah and prove it in the same way. See, God is bound to his word. What he has spoken, he is under obligation to fulfill. My, he cared enough to die and rise again to bring it to you. Now, do you care enough to accept it? That's where I want to labor for a minute is do you care enough to accept it? Amen. God has not called you here this weekend to make you pay for the Holy Ghost. He's not called you here to beg for the Holy Ghost. He's not called you here to beg for deliverance. He has called you here to accept what he has already done. How many times did a prophet say if he was standing on this platform in the suit of clothes that I've got on. He could do no more for you than he's already done. It's just time to accept it, brother. I'll tell you what, when you begin to accept what God has done for you, it'll change this meeting. It'll change your service. It'll change your home. It'll change your life. Have you ever noticed we're not here laboring, trying to get accepted? We're already accepted. The Bible says we were accepted in the beloved before the foundation of the world. He put our names on the Lamb's book of life. He wrote it in his own blood. Brother, sister, amen, there ain't enough devils in hell, amen, that could talk God out of not accepting you. My, the devil don't like that, but I don't care. Amen. There wasn't enough devils out of hell that could torment him in the garden that would stop him from going through with what he was ordained to do. Church, if he could carry the cross, if he could hang on the crosses, as Brother Donnie so wonderfully demonstrated last night, how he could hang there and and suffer and, and have to raise up off the cross just to breathe. If he can do that for us. Testing, testing, one, two. If he can do that for us, then surely we can wake up in church. If he can do that for us, then surely we can put our cell phones away for a couple hours in the house of God. If he can do that for us, surely we can drop off a negative attitude. If he can hang between the heavens and the earth, amen, to produce a blood that would not be a fragile blood. It would not be the blood of a bull. It would not be the blood of a goat. It would be a supernatural blood. It would be a perfect blood. If he can do that for us, then brother, I'll do whatever he asks of me. If he says, raise my hand, I'll raise it. If he says, throw that besetting sin away, I'll throw it away, brother, because he cares. And a prophet said, Lord, create a care in me. 
How many can say this morning, Lord, before I go one minute further in this meeting, before I go one more service into this meeting, I want you to come down in my heart and I want you to create a care in my heart for this meeting. I don't just want you to create a care for the basketball court. Oh, stepped on some toes there. I don't just want you to create a care that I'll come out of my dorm looking like I stepped out of a J.C. Penny magazine. I don't want you to create a care there. I want you to create a care, not upon my flesh, not just in my spirit, but I want you to create a care in the depths of my soul. Brother, I just don't want the Holy Ghost on my flesh. I just don't want it in my spirit. I want the Holy Ghost to feel the depths of my soul that it's not a camp meeting religion. It's not a hallelujah meeting. No, but it's a meeting that'll change my life forever. Lord, come in the depths of my heart and create a care. Brother, Ah, think of what David said. I will lift up mine eyes. Amen unto the hills from which cometh my help. You realize what happened, church? That God created a care in David's heart. God created a care in David's heart. See, it was not David's emotion in the trial that lifted his eyes up towards the hills. It was the God that was in his heart. You say, Brother Andrew, I get so tired of coming to church and seeing all them preachers get up there and preach like they ain't got no problems. Wait a minute. I get so tired of them singers getting up there and man, they sing like they ain't got no problems. I get so tired of all them people get up there and try to say, come on and get the Holy Ghost and raise in like they ain't got no problems. Brother, you say we don't have problems. We got problems. You don't know the times that your pastor has stood behind the pulpit, broken as broken could be, and preached the word of consolation to you. You say, Brother Andrew, how can he do that? Because there's something more than his flesh. There's something more than his spirit. Brother, I'm not talking about a God. Brother Joshua, just make you worship when everything is going good. I'm not talking about a God that'll just make you shout, I'm about to bust or preach. I'm not talking about a God that'll just make you run around this building when your other friends. I'm talking about a God when you can't see the sun in the sky and you can't see the hope of tomorrow. There's a God that'll raise up on the inside of your heart and say, though the devil slay me, yet I will trust him. Though he send me through the valley of the shadow of death, I I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art my comfort. Thou art my rod. Thou art my staff. Brother, that's what he's come to do this weekend. He has come to this meeting to confirm to you he is still Jehovah Jireh. He has come here to confirm to you he is still a redeemer. He is still a savior. He is still a healer. He is still a miracle worker. Brother, there was a care in David's heart. He said, I will look at the hills from whence cometh my help. Notice what he said. For my help. <laughs> Glory. From whence cometh my help. For my help. Somebody say my help. For my help cometh from the Lord. My, which made heaven and earth. Now watch. And that's the way it is tonight. Many of you here seem like it's the time of the deliverance is so far away. But sometimes... When it seems the farthest away. I told Brother Donnie last night, I said, you was all in my notes. When it seems you were so far away, that's when you receive help from God. Oh, I just had that. I don't know what that David says. Oh, no, Brother Andrew, that's just preacher tactics. That's just preacher tactics. Them preachers just got together and talked and put all this. Friends, do you know we serve a God that works behind the scenes? 
Don't don't limit my God just some some lay out a sin idea or some lay out a sin. I, my God is a mighty God. You say, Brother Andrew, I heard Brother Donnie say something last night about somebody sending you a text when you were going through something. I don't know if I can believe that. Brother, I couldn't help keep my seat because I was in a, I was in a shape like that one time. And the same thing he said last night help happened to me. Can I testify for a minute? Just a few years ago, me and, uh, me and Brother Dwayne Lawson was over in India and we were there preaching. Brother Wayne was preaching that night. And while he was preaching in that time, uh, there, there was some, I'll, I'll shorten this testimony, but there was some pressure coming in upon the Christians there. There's still pressure there. You should pray for them. Pressures, brothers and sisters. There was pressure coming in on the meeting. They told us, said, listen, they're trying to get videos and pictures of this meeting. And as soon as they get a video or a picture, they take it straight to the to the law and they get us kicked out of this meeting. They'll kick you out of the country if they can just get a video of you preaching. So I'm sitting there next to the pastor. Brother Wayne is preaching. And all of a sudden, the deacon comes up to, to the brother and hands him a note. He says, we've got to get them out of here real quick. They're here trying to get pictures. They're trying to get videos and shutting this meeting down. you got to claim to quit. we got to go. Now, let me tell you how my God is not afraid of the devil. I tell you, my God is not afraid of your enemy. My God loves to deliver you from the hands of your enemy. That, 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 I read that note and when I read it, something in my heart said, Oh my, what's going on, brother Craig? What's going on? And then something began to say, You better, you better, you better pack up. But the word was being preached. The word was feeding my soul. I said, That dumb devil. That's the way I talked to him. That dumb devil come in this meeting and try to stop the move of the Holy Ghost and try to stop what God's doing. And just as I said that, that pastor stood up to get Brother Wayne's attention and tell him to, to, to close down. And Brother Wayne didn't even see me, kept on preaching. And just as soon as that note went into that pastor's hands, my phone buzzed in my pocket. I thought, oh no, what's going on? Brother, I hardly, I hardly ever do this, if ever. But something just said, pull it out. And I pulled it out of my pocket. And Brother Samuel Browning, who was in Ohio, who was was thousands of miles away from India. Brother Donnie, I read a text and I hadn't heard from him in a long time. He said, Brother, I don't know why, but you're on my heart to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, may God be with you. Didn't have a clue where we was at. Didn't have a clue what we was going through. Brother, I'm talking about a God that can change the situation at your house before you ever even get home. I'm talking about a God that can put your family back together before you ever even get on the bus to go home. I'm not talking about a dried up dirty old grandpa. I'm talking about a God who sits high and he looks low and he knows the word and he knows your need and he knows your situation. Brother, I've just come to say this morning, Lord, Lord, help me. Can you raise your hands and say, Lord, help me this morning. Help me to believe you. Help me to trust you. Help me not to give up. You say, Brother Andrew, I need help. But let me tell you something. Prophet of God said there's an old dishonoring proverb that says God helps those who help themselves. That's an error. God helps those who cannot help themselves. If you can help yourself, you wouldn't need God this morning. But God has mercy on those who cannot help themselves for by grace are you saved through faith. Friends, let me tell you this morning, God is here to help you. You say, how is he going to help me? He's going to help you, amen, by fulfilling the word that he wrote concerning you. Brother Andrew, there's powers trying to stop the meeting. Well, there may very well be, but we have got a greater power, and that power is the power of vindication. 
prophet teaches us, amen, that there are three powers. There's the power of the devil. There's the power of God. There's the power of faith. Can you say amen? He said, now watch, Satan's power is limited, but faith's power brings to pass God's revealed revelation. Brother, it's a revealed revelation this morning for you to have the Holy Ghost. It's a revealed revelation, sister, for you to rise above the fashions of Laodicea. It's a revealed revelation in this word this morning that a young man can live in the most perverted age. Well, it may get touchy here. That a young man can live in the most perverted age. You say, Brother Andrew, why does people always talk about Laodicea and being a perverted age? Because it is. It's a crazy age. It's a neurotic age. Brother, I'm, I'm just going to preach. You say, why would you say that? Because they have come to a place that they don't care no more. You realize that, 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 that perverted spirit, they don't care no more. I was over in a foreign country not long ago, walking down the street. Brother, brother Tim, there was two men, two grown men standing in the middle of the road, barely had any clothes on. It was the most sickening thing I've ever seen. Brother Craig, I looked at the brothers with me. I said, brother, what in the world is wrong with them people? He said, brother Andrew, them are the people that we don't, that we call that don't care no more. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, you see, the spirit of perversion has so wrapped their mind up that they don't care what people that's in their right mind thinks about them. (laughs) When they're walking down the road, they stand there proud. They don't care no more. Brother, if the spirit of perversion and the spirit of Sodom can so wrap the minds of Laodicea till they don't care if they come out of the house dressed or not, if the devil can so wrap their minds that they take their shame and they put it out in the streets, they take their sin and put it out in the street. Brother, I believe there's a youth group here this morning that don't care no more. We don't care that the Son of Man comes down this building this weekend and begins to wrap our lives in the garments of His Word. We don't care no more. You say, Brother Andrew, how can you say that? Because the prophet of God said the time will come that we'll break free from all these barriers to believe God's promised word. See, now watch this. If God calls you all the hospital and the oxygen tents and pull down motors, all the things of the world, nothing can stop you. Salvation is of the Lord. God's power that feeds a sparrow. It's God's power that speaks a little duck up yonder. And there's nobody goes up there and shoes him off the lake and say, go on down to Louisiana. No, sir. It's God's power. Now notice this, there's no, there's no man that goes up to the duck and says, now hey duck, listen duck, get up off this lake and go down to Louisiana. It's God's power. My God, it's God's power that brings that duck off of the pond in the cold north and brings him down to Louisiana. That's a direct quote. It's God's power that brings you to the church. Do you see what brought you here this morning? Amen. It was not just a bus. It was not just a car. It was not just a van. There was a greater, stronger pull upon your heart to get here. What was it? It was God's power. The same power. Amen. That gets the duck and says, get to Louisiana. It's the same power that said, get up off of this couch and get down there in that revival meeting and get everything you can from the Lord. It's God's power. Brother, there's a powerful force here this morning. It's the power of fulfillment. Somebody say amen. It's the power of fulfillment. God is here to fulfill those people or to fulfill his word. Amen to those people that have not the power to bring it to pass themselves. Why did Brother Tim take time to tell you how to approach the Holy Ghost? Because you don't have the power within your flesh to make it happen. 
you have to surrender and let the Holy Ghost come in. I think of a little girl by the name of Mary. We've all heard of Mary, haven't we? A little girl by the name of Mary in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born, unto us the son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Notice this, of the increase of his government, and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment, and with justice from henceforth even forever. Notice, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. See, that's why we're just resting this morning because we know that the zeal of the Lord is what is going to perform the miraculous in these meetings. We know it's the zeal of the Lord that's going to bring sick people unto health. Come on, church. It's the zeal of the Lord that's going to bring the people that are bound into liberty. The zeal of the Lord, Brother West, will perform this. Brother Bram says, I was thinking on this and she raised up her eyes and she thought she saw a light flicker. Now you imagine when Mary come walking into town that morning and begin to testify, I saw a light flicker. I saw a light flicker. I saw something. I saw a light come. And perhaps the little virgin rubbed her eyes. Little lovely angel looking eyes. Watch this. He said, and she looked around and said, well, maybe it was the sun kindly reflected off of something. Isn't that just like the devil? When the supernatural comes in the meeting, the devil says, oh, you better be careful. That might not be the real supernatural. But I've never seen the supernatural vindicate the devil. I've never seen the pillar of fire vindicate the devil. You say, what do you mean? The pillar of fire hung over William Branham's head because he was a word prophet. The pillar of fire is going to come in these meetings this weekend, brother. The pillar of fire is going to, oh, I'm going to say it. The pillar of fire is already in these meetings. Brother Andrew, how can you say that? Because wherever the message of the hour is preached, the angel of the Lord accompanies the message. Brother, there is something in here that's more than a preacher. It's more than a youth leader. It's more than a song leader. It's a powerful force. It's the power of the pillar of fire that has come down to announce unto you, this is your hour of freedom. Brother. And she goes on, turns the corner, starting up towards the public well. She drops her little head again and pulls her little shawl around her shoulders. And she went on about her way of thinking. Catch this. She went on about her way of thinking. She went on thinking about what she, her thoughts, her own human thoughts about that light she seen. She kept on thinking, what does Isaiah 9 and 6 mean? But when God puts something on somebody's heart, can you say amen? He's ready to do something. Brother, when God puts something on somebody's heart, he's ready to do something. How many says, I've got something on my heart? Whatever's on your heart, if it's on your heart, that's a sign that God is ready to do it. Oh God, help me. He's ready to do something. That's the reason he's ready to give the Angelus Temple an outbreak of the Spirit because it's on your hearts. Young people, why is God going to give this youth camp an outbreak of the Spirit? Because it's on your hearts this morning. As I thought on these things, after a while she raised her head again and she felt a real strange feeling. Oh, I just love to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just gives that blessed assurance. You don't always have to see it, but it's there anyhow. My God. Mary took him at his word and he changed the whole course of her natural life for her. 
Mary took God at his word and by her taking him at his word, it changed the entire natural course of life for one young girl. He will change the course of your life today if you'll take him at his word. If you're a sinner, he will straighten, amen, the crooked paths of your life. If you're vile and immoral, he will make you as pure as a lily. That's the word of a prophet if you've been involved in things that you know you shouldn't have been involved in. Let's just have church here for a minute. If you've been involved in things that you know you should have never been involved in and you say, Brother Andrew, it's scarred my life. There's no way I'll ever overcome this. That's the devil telling you that. That's the devil telling you that you've sinned your day of grace away. That's the devil telling you that there's no hope for you. But I've come this morning to tell you that there is a God in this building that can take the vilest of sinner and can clean her up and make her a witness like Rosella Griffin. There is a God here this morning that can take a little girl who has been abused and can raise her up as a powerhouse of the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. My church, Jesus Christ, amen, has come this morning. What's he come to do? That vile conscience that makes you look at immoral things and use the name of the Lord in vain and have temper enough to fight a buzzsaw. Brother Andrew, hurry over this. No, 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 no. He will change the course of your life and make you a new creature in his son Christ Jesus by just taking him at his word. Isn't that beautiful? Mary, notice this, Mary could have waited till she had some kind of life and sign that was going to be a mother. You could have waited until the meeting's over until you feel, notice this, and you could wait after the meeting's over until you feel that you could move your crippled leg just a little better or you could hear a little better out of the deaf ear or the cancer seemed to be that it wasn't bothering you so much. That's not taking God at his word. <laughs> to take God at his word is to hear his word now I may get in trouble for this but just forgive me taking God at his word is to hear his word to accept his word and start rejoicing with it oh brother well, Brother Andrew, I'm going to wait till Saturday night. I'm going to wait till the prayer line. I'm going to wait till I cross that prayer line. I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to expect God. I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept it. And then I'm going to start rejoicing. Brother, I'll tell you this morning's time to start rejoicing. Right now is the time to start rejoicing. That old devil says you'll never say amen. I'd say amen right now. That devil says you're never going to raise your hands again. I'd raise them right now. That devil says you're never going to enjoy the Holy Ghost. I'd forsake all negative thoughts and start enjoying the Holy Ghost right now. That devil says you're going to hell. I'd go ahead and start telling the devil I'm going in the rapture and there ain't nothing you can do to stop it. Brother, there is a God in this building this morning that says if you'll just start rejoicing, by your rejoicing you are watering the word in your heart brother Satan I condemn you in the name of Jesus Christ you're not going to set us up you're not going to stop us from worshiping we're going to rejoice until we leave here from this camp with our cups overflowing with our saucers running over I didn't come for another youth camp. I didn't come for another protracted meeting. I came for a St. Paul sin killing, devil chasing, Holy Ghost and fire baptizing, Holy Ghost and fire feeling revival until every devil is underneath our feet and we're rejoicing in the liberty of Jesus Christ until every promised word has become fulfilled to us. Don't tell me it can't happen. It's happening right now.
just going to start rejoicing in it. But then I got to wait till something happens. I got to wait till I feel alive. You do? Mary never felt one sign of life. You know what rejoicing is? Rejoicing is worshiping God, whether you feel like it or not. Rejoicing is thanking God that it's already done before you see one sign of it. I'm going to tell on myself, and I'm going to tell on Joe Adams. We went to Africa last year. Was that last year? Y'all ever seen a skid mark preacher? That's a skid mark preacher. He gets done preaching. There's skid marks all over the platform. We got over there one morning. It was raining outside. Brother Joe, remember it was raining? That soccer field was full of clay mud. I mean, it was a mess. It was a muddy mess. I got out. I thought, oh, my Lord. It's raining. There, there, there's mud. Are they even going to have church? That's what I thought. Are they even going to have church? Brother, was I wrong? Was I wrong? I finally asked one brother. He came to my room. I said, brother, it's raining. Are we going to be able to have church? He said, brother, the rain don't stop us. We're worshipers. We're worshipers. I thought, oh God, let that ring out in my heart this morning. Friends, here we are in a beautiful building with nice cushion seats and a wonderful sound system. Oh, y'all getting tight on me right now. I feel it, but I don't care. I'm going to push through it. We've got everything right now, and we've got people can't even stay away. But if the spirit of fulfillment drops in this building this morning, there will be a worship coming out of your heart. Brother, is there anybody that will just raise your hands? Is there anybody that will just clap your hands and say, Lord, I don't feel it, but I'm going to believe it. I don't sense it. But I'm going to accept it. I don't see how it's going to happen. But I come to testify that you are still a way maker. He's still a way maker. He works when I can't see him working. He moves when I don't see him moving. He heals when I don't feel him healing. He saves when I don't feel him saving. He's a way maker. Somebody worship the way maker. It don't matter who disagrees with him. It don't matter what the scoffer says. I'm a worshiper. It don't matter what the devil says. I come here this morning knowing God is going to fulfill his word. I love this next statement. You're wanting a revival to start. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay. You're wanting a revival to start. Brother Andrew, here, how's it going to happen, man? They're going to get up there and sing my favorite song, and I'm going to start floating on the clouds with Gabriel. Somebody's going to tell me how good I am, and I'm going to say, Lord, that was a sign from you. You're wanting a revival to start. Here's a word prophet answer. Start watering the word. Start watering the word. Oh, you say, Brother Andrew, the promise 
What is the word? He said, the word is the promise. That makes me feel religious myself. Isn't it something? I guarantee you, Brother Tina, people would have been in Brother Bram's meetings that have folded their arms and said, what a holy roller. What a holy roller. What a holy roller. You imagine a dignified person sitting in Brother Bram's meeting and he got happy and put his leg over on the pulpit. Well, let me just tell you, if you're looking for dignity, you're in the wrong place. If you're looking for formality this weekend, you're in the wrong place. This is a place where we're going to water the word until we can't water it no more. If we can go to a ball game and lose our voice, then we can lose our voice in the house of God. If we can jump under the inspiration of rap music, then Jesus Christ can take a vile sinner and make him a Holy Ghost son or daughter and they can start watering their promise with the word. Brother, it don't matter who disagrees with the word. The word remains the same. It don't matter who says this message don't work. The message remains the same. It don't matter who says that our God is not a living God. The message remains the same. I'll tell you why I'm shouting. Because my God's an omnipotent God. And you know what omnipotence means? It means having all power. You know what having all power means? Means there's no limits on your power. There's no limits on your power. Oh, can I, can I read you a scripture that blessed my heart? Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything. And that no thought can be withholding from me. Do you realize it's your thoughts that you carry back to your room with questions in your mind that God can pick up those thoughts and carry them to Brother Donnie tonight and you not even shake hands with him and him stand behind this pulpit tonight and speak directly to your... This ain't no vacation. This is a battleground. This ain't no picnic. This is a place where devils are fixing to be defeated and spirits are going to lose hold and the Holy Ghost is going to fill hearts. Oh, I say, Lord, take my thoughts. Don't let one of my thoughts be withholding from you. Lord, search my heart. Search my mind. Search my spirit. Search my body. Just search all over, Lord. Tell everything about me, God. Let a man come behind the pulpit and preach the infallible, unadulterated, inspired, Holy Ghost anointed, manifesting word until it becomes a reality in my heart. That's the power in this meeting. That's the power in this meeting. That's the power that's in this building this morning. No thoughts. No thoughts are withholding from him. He knows your secrets. He knows your weaknesses. He knows my weaknesses. He knows your needs. He knows the situations in your church. Come on, friends. I believe that young people can get help in this meeting to take back to their church. No thoughts are withholding from you. You realize what thoughts become? Thoughts become chains. Chains of fear and bondage. And before long, you can't do nothing until that thought is controlling you. Before long, you can't do nothing and that fear is controlling you. 
I'm going somewhere. Until long, everything about you is controlled and it all started with a thought. That's why Brother Bram stood and preached perfect strength by perfect weakness and said you've got to master, and especially young preachers, he said you've got to master the thought of human ability. I'm just going to leave these notes. You've got to master the thought of human ability. Notice he didn't say you've got to master human ability. You've got to master the thought of it. Before it ever becomes reality in your life, you've got to master the thought, I can do this on my own. You've got to master the thought that you know more than your pastor. Well, get quiet on. You've got to master the thought that you know more than your mom and dad. You've got to master that thought or that thought will be controlling you. Come on, church, let's let the rubber hit the road for a minute. You've got to master that thought that says I can live without the Holy Ghost and live a good moral life. That's a lie from the pits of hell. You realize before long, you'll be doing things you never thought you'd be doing. Come on, church. If you don't kill that fear, before long, you'll be doing and saying things you never thought you'd even think or say. It's the God's truth and the devil don't like it, but I'm not bound to the devil right now because we come here for God to fulfill his word and there ain't no devil in hell going to pressure me away from preaching this word until hearts are set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Andrew, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, I do. Just a few days ago over in a meeting in New Zealand, there was a woman come to the meeting. Brother Jonathan, she walked in that meeting and she came in there and sat on the back row. That Sunday morning, it was the, one of the final services, Brother Tim, and I was preaching and something led me to start preaching on the pillar of fire. And you know what? All of a sudden, I watched that sister. Something got a hold of her and pulled her right out of her seat. An outpouring. An outpouring is a sudden, rapid stream of something flowing that produces a strong burst of emotion. She was sitting there, and I watched her. She jumped like that. I thought, my Lord, something got a hold of her. And all I said was, it's the pillar of fire that got you here safely. That's what I said. The pillar of fire brought you here safely. When I said that, I had no reason, no no understanding why she was shouting like that. I said, as a matter of fact, if the devil would have had his way, he would have killed you in a car wreck. But the pillar of fire stood between you and a car wreck. The pillar of fire stood between you and your co-workers. The pillar of fire stood between you and a sudden Brother, don't call me crazy. Just call me a believer. I believe the pillar of fire is in this building this morning. I believe with all of my heart. Brother, I believe it's moving right now. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness that the pillar of fire is moving right now? When that meeting was over, she stood up in the, in the dinner hall. She said, I gotta testify. I said, oh mercy. I'm gonna get to hear what got a hold of her. Well, I think she said, I gotta testify. She got the microphone. She said, I battled fear for years. She said, before I left to come to this meeting, said the devil come to me and said, I'm gonna kill you and your husband in a car wreck on the way to that meeting. You know what she said? Listen. She said, the devil told me I wasn't going to raise my kids. 
She said, so I took out a piece of paper and a pen and wrote a note of who I wanted to raise my kids because we was going to be killed in a car wreck. That's what she said. She said, I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell nobody. She said, I put it under my pillow. She said, that fear was so strong the whole way here. She said, I shook. I was a nervous wreck the whole way here. Said that fear was in the back of my mind. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your husband. You're not going to raise your kids. She said, I thought that's the truth. That's what she said. I thought that's the truth. She said, but this morning, this morning, a fear. This was a grown woman that had kids of her own. She said, a fear that I've carried for years. It broke free from me. This is what she said. I felt the pillar of fire. Brother, the pillar of fire is more than a picture. The pillar of fire is something more than we put on our walls. The pillar of fire is a reality this morning. Brother, you can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it. Come on, church. I believe the pillar of fire is here to shake fear. I didn't say he would do it. He said he would do it. Because no faults can be withholding from our God. Brother Andrew, why do we have to start rejoicing right now? Psalms 115 verse 2. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Come on, church. They have mouths, but they speak. We're now as our God. Where now is our God? They have mouths, but they speak not. They have eyes, but they see not. Now, I'm not very smart, but a dead person's got a mouth. Got eyes. They have ears, but they hear not. They got ears. They have a nose, but they smell not. They have a nose. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet they have not, but they walk not, neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So it is everyone that trusteth in them. I got a real quick answer for you. It's because their God is dead. It's because their God is dead. Brother West, he's got eyes, but he don't see. He's got ears, but he don't hear. He's got feet, but he can't walk. He's got a throat, but he can't speak. Oh, but when I start talking about Jehovah, when I start talking about Jehovah, he's got a mouth that he can speak to the storm. He's got an eye that he can see in the depths of your heart. He's got feet that he can come walking right through this building this weekend. He's got legs and he's got feet that he can put your enemy underneath those feet. Come on, church. I'm not talking about a God that I crafted out of my imagination. I'm not talking about a God that I formed with my own hands. I'm talking about the living God. Her God's dead. 
If you're serving Laodiceans, God, come tell you it's dead. You crafted that God with your own hands. But here's what I like. They made their gods. Brother Tim, they made their gods. But my God made me. So therefore, so therefore, those dead gods' power is limited. What did that dead God tell you? That dead God told you, you ain't going free this weekend. But you know what? Just get a guy with some gold. Okay, you want to tell the difference between a guy that's got real gold and false gold? Get him in the presence of a touching stone. Oh, man, I got a handful of gold. Got a handful of gold. Look. Okay, okay, you got gold. Oh, I got gold. But I got gold. Look, it's gold. But bring the presence of a touching stone near. Well, you know, I don't know. It may be a man. You know why? Because that touching stone is going to identify the reality of what that man is holding in his hands. My God, you realize what's going to happen this weekend? The touching stone, Jesus Christ is going to come down in this building and he's going to identify. He's going to identify everything about you. And when you leave here, you ain't going to leave here with false gold. You ain't going to leave here with gold that can be burnt in the fires of tribulation. You're going to leave here with some gold that signifies deity. Oh, glory. And I'm talking about a God this morning. You can't burn him. You can't kill him. You can't control him. You can't destroy him. He's a living God. Fear not, for I am he that was dead, but I am alive forevermore. My church, Brother Andrew, why are you getting so happy? Because my God is the mighty conqueror. And I see him coming into plain view. You see, the unchangeable God works in an unexpected way. At an unexpected time. In an unexpected place. Jacob got caught between two rocks, got caught between two hard spots. He met God in an unexpected place at an unexpected time in an unexpected way. And the prophet of God said he was changed forever. But I love how he closes that message. He says, now, if all of these people, if all of these people could meet him at an unexpected time, in an unexpected place, in an unexpected way, and receive a change. He said, then what can he do here for people that's expecting him? If he can change Jacob, and Jacob met him at an unexpected time, then what can he do for you this morning? What can he do for you this weekend? I'll tell you what he can do. He can change your life. You just got to get deep enough in the Holy Ghost because the ability of God is not changed. Can you say amen? amen? The ability of God is not changed. Man is changed. Man's ways is changed. But God's ability has never changed. Churches have changed. Preachers have changed. Politics have changed. Scenes have changed. All kinds of things have changed. But there's one thing that has not changed. For I am the Lord. 
and I change not. Now I brought it here because I want to labor here for a second. From Genesis to Revelation, you're going to find that God's ability has never changed. All the way back to Abraham and Sarah. God appears to Abraham. He's 99 years old. God appears to Sarah. She's 100 years old. Abraham's name is Abram. Sarah's name is Sarah. Sarah has got something in her name called an I. Sari, I. And how can I bring forth a son? How can I bring forth a son? Me in my old age. And Abraham in his old age. But notice God did not give them an alternative if the message didn't work. God, listen, it was Sarah that pulled Hagar into the picture. Hagar wasn't in the original picture. It was Sarah that was doubting the ability of God. Can I take just a few minutes here? It was Sarah that was doubting the ability of God and said, Abraham, go bring forth that son by Isaac. Or by, sorry, go bring forth that son by Hagar. Bring, and what did she bring forth? She brought forth an Ishmael. Because she was doubting the Lord's ability. And that may very well be where you are this morning. Doubting the Lord's ability. Can he change my life? Because I can't do it. I can't keep going the way I'm going. I can't keep putting up with these mind battles. I, but the Lord did something. He changed their name. He took the, my Lord. He took the, well, there you are. He took the I out of their name and replaced it. Listen, there wasn't an I in Abraham's name, but he was still missing something. He was missing the H. There wasn't, come on church, there was an I in Sarai's name, but she was still missing something. She was missing the H, but he changed Abram and put an H there. He changed Sarai and took the I out and put the H there. And the prophet of God said that's identified with Elohim. Elohim, the self-existing one. Oh, church, don't you see what he's come to do this weekend? He's come to take your eye out. He's come to take your excuse. He's come to take your fear. He's come to take your complex. He's come to take all of your excuses. Well, I can't do it, and I can't overcome, and I guess this is the end of my life. Jesus Christ has come this weekend to take the eye out. Do you see what that H was? It was a part of God. It was Elohim. When you say Elohim, you 
breathe. God breathed. Oh, God. I was praying the other day. I said, God, breathe across these meetings. God, come down. Lord, if you have to hide the preacher's face from the people, hide it. If you have to hide the song leader's face, hide it. Whatever you've got to do, Lord, breathe across this generation. We need change. We've gathered. I'm quickly coming to a close. Maybe. We've gathered from the east. Now I'm probably pointing the wrong direction. We've gathered from the west. We've gathered from the north and from the south. For Isaiah 43 says, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. And I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back, and bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have formed him. What has pulled us together this weekend? People here from Canada. I heard some people were here from Europe. People here from the north. People here from the south. God's country. (laughs) People here from the east. People here from the west. All gathered in one building. What for? For a protracted meeting? Just to run around and shout a little bit? For an outpouring. By that outpouring, it changes our lives forever. You say, Brother Andrew, why do we need this? Because the prophet said the churches are cooling off. He said, you can't even hardly go into a church now. He said, there ain't somebody pulling at the pastor's coattail for preaching more than 30 minutes. Oh, God, I'm catching a second wind. They can't stay awake in church. Our churches have become full of complainers, critical spirits. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm just going to preach. Can't even have church no more without everybody raising up and criticizing something. Brother Tim, I was in a meeting the other day and the Holy Ghost come down so strong. I, I, I shout, to be honest with you, I was cutting up a little bit. I was having a good time. Man, the Holy Ghost sat down on them musicians, man. They were playing for the glory. I mean, the Spirit of the Lord was moving. I come out there, Brother Joe. I thought everybody's going to come out there charged. Somebody walked out and said, I think it's a bunch of rock and roll. Well, that's a good excuse for somebody that don't want to worship. That's a good excuse for somebody that don't want to have church. But I'm sorry. You can call it rock and roll. You can call it a bunch of nonsense. But let me tell you something. Before Elvis Presley ever sung the first rock and roll song, my God invented rock and roll because I'm built upon the rock of revelation and my name is in the rapture roll and there ain't no devil going to take my place. There ain't no devil going to shut me up. We didn't come from the east. We didn't come from the west. We didn't come from the north and the south for a bunch of formal Christianity and a bunch of intellectual conceptions and a bunch of songs that ain't got no power. We come here.
here for a breathing of the Holy Ghost across this building. And Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to take your hands off of this meeting. Take your hands off of these young people. Take your hands off of emotions. Satan, turn loose in the name of Jesus Christ. For the glory of God is going to fill this building. If you want to criticize, go sit in the rain and criticize. If you want to doubt, go sit at McDonald's and doubt, drink a cup of coffee. But we come to have church. We come to be changed. Over there, you shouldn't have said it. I said it, I meant it, I represent it, I stand behind it. Nonsense. Whatever happened to days of just having church? Let's just have church this weekend. See, we didn't ask you how you liked the music. We didn't ask you how you liked our worship. We come to worship the Lord. The only one we're concerned about pleasing is Him. Because He's the only one that has the power to fulfill His word. I don't have the power. Brother Tim don't have the power. Brother Michael, the, these song leaders are anointed could sing till they came, till their tonsils fall out, but they still got them. But unless he comes, unless he comes, Brother Andrew, you better be careful. No, I'm not. Because I hate the devil with everything within me. That old devil that comes in and tries to bind young people. I know I'm sowing down here. I'm sowing down here for a purpose. Because the Spirit speaks expressly in the last days that there will be a departing from the faith. The prophet of God said when the Antichrist spirit comes, it was the same time the Spirit of Christ was falling. One being sealed out, one being sealed in. And the devil this morning don't want to do anything more but seal you out of God's presence. Because if he can seal you out of God's presence, he'll keep you out of a place where something can change. But I want to tell you this. You was ordained. You was ordained to be in this presence. You was ordained to be in this presence. To hear this message. To sing these songs. To worship this God. Brother Bram said the, the, the pillar of fire, that, sorry, he said the Shekinah glory. He said it was in that holies of holies. He said there was outer court, inner court, holies of holies. He said the Shekinah glory was not in the outer court. It was not in the inner court. It was in the holies of holies. He said there was a priest went in there one time with a rod in his hand. Said he got in there, said that glory and that, God help me. That glory and that presence was so strong that it actually scared him and he dropped the rod. And he ran out. And the prophet of God said they went back a few days later and said that rod was laying there budding forth blooms. A rod that was not ordained to bring forth blooms. A rod that was not ordained to bud. A rod that was just a rod in a priest's hand got in the presence of the Shekinah. 
and something that was not even ordained to bring forth, brought forth. Listen, church, if something that's not ordained can bring forth in that presence, then what about something that is? Young person, you was ordained to bring forth more than just a degree. You was ordained to bring forth more than just a career. You was ordained to bring forth more than just a personality. You was ordained to bring forth a rapture. You was ordained to bring forth a word. He was ordained for this time as the musicians come. He was ordained. God is still able to perform his word. Brother Andrew, I don't know how. I didn't ask you how. But I just know this. If we can just get in the presence of the Shekinah glory, then something is going to happen. You say, how can this happen, Brother Andrew? We come here year after year after year. We come here tired on Thursday night. We go to the dorms and sleep on those wonderful beds. <laughs> we get up in the morning. It's just a camp meeting. No, it's not. It's a gathering from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south, from all over. For God to do one thing. Fulfill his word. Fulfill his word. How many can say this morning, Lord? Take the eye out. Take the eye out. And put that H there. Breathe across my heart. Breathe across my life. Breathe across these meetings. Breathe across my soul, Lord. Quicken me. Quicken me, Lord. I want to be changed. If we could just all stand our feet together this morning. Lord, I want to be changed. More than I want the next meal. More than I want to go do a sporting activity. I want to be changed. I want to be changed. Lord, I want you to take a hold of my hand and I want you to lead and guide me. Lead and guide me into the depths of the Holy Ghost, Lord. More of you, Lord. More of you. Can we play that song? I need more of you. That's the way it's got to be. With every head bowed and eye closed. You see, Abraham and Sarah was fixing to receive an angelic visitation. Brother Abraham said, Abraham and Sarah, or as Brother Donnie mentioned it last night, he said they were sitting there. <laughs> he said, while they were sitting there, he said, Sarah was fussy in the tent. And all these things were going wrong. He said, but just remember, that was just the devil. He said, that was just the devil 
that was trying to stop the angelic visitation because God was coming to fulfill his word. God, God was coming to perform what he had spoke he would do. Church, this is the second service of these meetings. You know what? If I would pass the microphone around right now, no doubt people would tell of how the devil fought him to keep him from getting here. How the devil fought him to keep him from getting on the bus or how they couldn't get out of school on time or whatever it would be. And we could hear testimonies of how the devil fought people to keep him from getting here. But here's what I want to say this morning. We're here. We're here now. We're here and we don't have to say one more thing. Just our being here testifies to the devil, you couldn't stop me. So now I want to ask you, maybe there was a situation at your house you had to leave and you know it's waiting on you when you get back. Maybe that situation was what tried to keep you from getting to these meetings. Maybe there was a fuss happened with your family and maybe somebody between you and your brother or your sister you said something you wish you wouldn't have said and that's holding your mind right now but you're here and all those things can change right here in this building this morning with every head bowed and eye closed just before we pray if you want to come to the altar you're more than welcome we'll pray with you but is there anybody here that will say devil we're through. You couldn't stop me from getting here. You couldn't stop me, devil. You tried to stop me, but you couldn't. I'm here. Maybe that devil's trying to put an old nagging spirit on you, an old, old spirit to just criticize everything. God bless you, brother. Maybe an old spirit that says, well, I wish they wouldn't do it this way. And I wish they wouldn't do it that way. But you're here this morning. How many could come and say, Lord, take that eye out of my name? You realize there's a there's a connection? There's a connection between an overcomer and a name change. Prophet of God said, All these people, he changed their names so he could use them. He changed their names. He changed Saul from Paul so he could use him. He changed Simon to Peter so he could use him. He changed Abram to Abraham and Sarah out of Sarah so he could use them. Young people, that same God is here this morning. He's wanting to change your name so he can use you. He's not going to raise up these rocks out here. He's going to raise up these vessels on these pews. He's not going to raise up this world. They've already sent their day away. They've sent this message away. They've laughed at it. But here you are this morning in a perfect place for another Pentecost. God bless those that's come this morning. We're going to pray with you. Maybe right there at your pew, you just want to turn around and kneel. Lord, I want to be changed. I want to be changed. More than anything, Lord, I want to be changed. Brother Tim told us about the approach Now, I want to tell you about the God that's here in this building this morning. His eyes 
still can see. His ears still can hear. His voice still can speak. His feet still can walk. His hands still can touch. His heart still can feel. Oh God, he's here this morning. He's here, Heavenly Father. Lord, all across this building, hands have been raised. Lord, all across this building, hearts have been opened this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind every spirit unlike the Holy Spirit. Every demon of doubt, every demon of unbelief, every demon of torment, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, take your hands off of God's property. You demon that is trying to torment a young girl with her past, Satan, come away from her in the name of Jesus. You demon that's trying to tell a young man that he can't live this message. He can't live a clean life. Demon, in the name of Jesus Christ, come away from God's property. Satan, you demon of suicide that's trying to claim the lives of young people and adults around this message. Lord, around this world, that devil's trying to claim lives even in the world. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your hands off of God's property. We've come this morning for change. We've not come for showmanship. We've not come for personalities. We've not come for man's ideas. We've come for change this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you open up the floodgates of heaven today, Lord. From one end of this building all across to the other, Lord. May you begin to breathe across this building. May you take out those excuses, Lord. May you take out those eyes this morning. Those eyes that says, how can I bring forth a child? How can I have this time? How can I do this? Lord, put an H there. Put an H there, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. All those wasted hours and minutes. Your minister brothers come and help us pray today. If you feel the least tug in your heart, if you feel the least, least pull in your heart, won't you come this morning? It's more than just an altar call. It's more than just a rallying around an altar. It's a change here this morning. It's a change. Oh, Brother Andrew, I would come, but what would somebody think about me? Who cares what they think about you? They didn't die for you to have this message. They didn't die for the Holy Ghost to come in this building and vindicate a word that was written 2,000 years ago. They didn't do it. God did it this morning. God did it this morning. Let the Holy Ghost breathe across your heart. You say, Brother Andrew, is there a lot of power in that breath? Prophet of God said God breathed over Sarah and breathed the wrinkles out of her body. He breathed in the upper room and filled a man that was a line or a cussing preacher. Peter, he filled him with the Holy Ghost. That same God is here to fill you. Won't you open up to him? Won't you just close your eyes right now? Forget about who's around you. Forget about what you're going to do this afternoon. Won't you just slip your hands up to him right now? Say, Lord, remember me. 
Father, I need a change this morning. I need a real change. I don't just need a feeling or a sensation, Lord. I need a change. Lord, I need you to take this guilt away from me. I need you to take this bondage and this fear and this insecurity and this indifference. Take it away from me. I need you today, Lord. Grant it today, dear God. From the start Oh, yes. Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, for every heart that's knelt down here, Lord, for everyone that's in their pews that are knelt down there, dear God, all across this building this morning, Lord, there's hungry hearts. There's hungry vessels calling out to you. Lord, let mercy walk in this building this morning. Let mercy walk in that pew this morning. Let mercy walk to this altar. Lord, I'm just a man. I'm not that mercy. You are that mercy. Come this morning, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name.